Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, colon, Scooby Dudes, a full spoiler spinoff where we talk about a popular duology, one movie at a time. I'm Britton. And I'm the other guy. Not Tyler. <laughs> and I'm Britton. That's right. Uh, <laughs> our regular listeners will know that Tyler is is away uh, for the week. He's off on vacation. Um, getting to soak up the sun and surf. Yeah, he's. I just. I. I'm now. I'm getting flashbacks. Like whenever that phrase is uttered, now I, all I can think of is desolation of smoke. <laughs> yeah, he keeps sending me like texting me pictures of the crab legs he's eating, and like, I guys, I'm running. I'm running <laughs> out of responses. It just keeps being like, but, but, but look at this crab leg. I'm like, yeah, that one's pretty big, man. And he'll be like, look, what? You, what when, if I got the jumbo version? I'm like, that would. You'd look, have to when, be pretty when hungry. You're done. When you're done sending us Shrek memes <laughs> to to our inbox, definitely send us uh, pictures of your own crab yeah, legs guys, that, you, that you're eating. <laughs> Actually, Britain will respond to all of them. Guys, real quick, everyone email Tyler a picture of crab legs. <laughs> Just give him a bunch of crab legs, and then he'll feel insecure about the crab legs he's eating, which will inspire him to eat bigger crab legs. <laughs> <laughs> the true end game of this podcast. Exactly. He comes back and he himself has become a crab. No, uh, <laughs> we, we we were trying to figure out, like, do, did we want to just do two random movies? Like, how are we going to kind of navigate the, the this this chill summer vibe we're trying to set here? And then actually Tyler uh, just sort of randomly suggested doing the two uh, Scooby-Doo live action films. And it was then we knew we were on the right path. Yeah, so this week, uh, Britton and I, I'm Alex, by the way, <laughs> we're going to be talking about the first Scooby-Doo, which is just called Scooby-Doo. Yes, and then next week, it'll just be me and Tyler, because Alex is going on vacation, and then Tyler and I will discuss Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed, which Alex will not be watching, and never has to, unless Correct. he wants to. I, I, I will never see the movie. Yeah. I've got to stick by this now. I, I have not yeah. watched it. I had the Game Boy Advance uh, adaptation of the game, uh, but I, I I have not seen the film, and I never will. Yeah, and Tyler, he might have seen this movie, this Scooby-Doo 1, at some point in his life, but he did not watch it this week. So it's going to be a hoot and a holler, I'm sure, to get his take, just diving in media re- in mystery res to uh, Monsters <laughs> Unleashed. Yeah, uh Britain, I, I know we do have scores to get into, yeah. but I do kind of want to ask, what is this movie? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lot to unpack about it and sort of, I think, what, what, what the goals it. were. Um, <laughs> real quick, let, let's let's just kind of do a table set here. What, Alex, were you, were you a Scooby-Doo fan as a kid? Was this something that you, was this a property that you cared about? Not even this movie, but just sort of the whole thing. Yes, oh, wow. bo- both the property and the movie. Oh, wow. I remember I actually had this on VHS tape. Um, for those of you who remember what that uh, former technology is, um, yeah, I, I was I was a huge Scooby Doo fan as a kid. I watched the the original cartoons all the sure, time. Okay, who was your favorite of the bunch? I mean, it's it's the lazy answer, but it is no, shaggy. totally. We I I was not. My sister, I think, was a bigger Scooby Doo fan than me, though. I did like Pup named Scooby Doo quite a bit. Oh yeah, that yeah. one I enjoyed, and I remember quite enjoying uh, Scooby Doo on Zombie Island. Um, yes, which is the best Scooby Doo movie. If you want an actually yeah. a top notch Scooby Doo movie that is like, yeah. no, this is a this is a good movie with or without Scooby Doo. Right. Zombie Island, and that I think was the first one to 
to my knowledge, probably not actually, to do a, hey, there is actually a horror thing going on. Like, it's not... Right. I, I know they did Scooby-Doo, like, in the old cartoons, they would have, like, the when they were... The, was the school where all the kids were, like, these mo- little girl monsters. Like, there was a little girl who was a mummy and a little Dracula lady and stuff. Ghoul School, I think, is what it was called. Um, I can't okay. remember. So they would do... They met the Harlem Globetrotters um, and all kinds of creatures. Uh, I mean, they did They did meet Batman and they Robin, did meet Batman so theoretically... Theoretically, um, uh, I, I I don't know if they they wouldn't have had like Mister Freeze or Clayface show up <laughs> in that, would they? I don't know. I should also clarify: Poison I said Ivy, Harlem Globetrotters, and a whole bunch of creatures. Making it sound as though I do not think the Harlem Glo- the Harlem Globetrotters are human. What I meant is <laughs> they Harlem Globetrotters. They have supernatural abilities. They truly do. They they so they met the Harlem Globetrotters, and in addition, and also they met lots of creatures like Abbott and Costello. Um, but they yeah uh i wasn't really huge into this and it's funny because i did not i have not seen this movie before but oh really i never did which is funny because i was uh, 13 14 i guess when it came out and thus and will to get into why i was probably who they wanted the movie to be for or who the movie was ended up being best for Sure. Um, but yeah, I just, I, but I remembered the visuals of it so clearly, like what Scooby-Doo looked like, et cetera, because just watching Disney Channel and Nickelodeon stuff, like I would have just been inundated with these images and the promotional stuff without actually watching it. Um, yeah, but yeah. No, I gotta be honest. Like I, I do have some level of nostalgia for this movie. Sure. I, I remember even going to like the movie theater in like 2002 and seeing the teaser poster with all of them um and being like whoa that that's like scary how accurate that looks (laughs) and like that that just like got imprinted on my brain like that is such a a memorable image for me like if i actually liked this movie that would be a a movie poster for me like i would love to have that framed on my wall you're like man that crazy Um, clown ghost is going to be such a scary big bad of this movie i can't wait to spend a lot of time with that character (laughs) <laughs> uh we'll get to scrappy we'll <laughs> get to scrappy um so yeah let, let me let me get the scores out of the way so scooby-doo from 2002 it has a 31 percent critic score on rotten tomatoes and a 39 percent audience score and it is directed by raja gosnell i would i would guess that i might be mispronouncing it but we'll go with it um <laughs> I'm really surprised. I bet it has, but I'm surprised this movie hasn't undergone some kind of like, oh, that movie's actually good, kind of thing, right? I'm surprised. I don't know, freaking the stuff, well, especially with James Gunn getting popular. Yeah, you'd think that some people would return to this and be like, no, this is like his hidden masterpiece because he yeah. wrote it. You would think that like <laughs> Nostalgia Critic has something where he his he goes, ah, you know, it's actually not that bad. If I remember correctly, I think there is a pretty big episode for him doing scooby-doo i don't want to get into maybe there is because I, I don't like nostalgia critic very i don't much, know much about but i him. think he did a review that was very negative <laughs> yeah it's it's a it's an interesting thing but yes uh james gunn is the writer slash co-writer of the movie um because right. i think that he was one of two writers and the other one left and got a story credit and then james gunn kind of took the took it from there um and just to catch everybody up on what what the heck this movie's even about, I will now read... This is verbatim the synopsis uh, that I found. Zoinks! 
Two years after a clash of egos forced Mystery Inc. to close its doors, Scooby-Doo and his clever crime-solving cohorts Fred, Daphne, Shaggy, and Velma are individually summoned to Spooky Island to investigate a series of paranormal incidents at the ultra-hip Spring Break Spot. Spring Break Spot. Now, I was never like a spring breaker. Um, Selena Gomez didn't want to hang out with me. But, uh, <laughs> Alex, would you... Would you go to a horror-themed thing for spring break? <laughs> a horror-themed tiki island? Actually, I bet a, bu- I actually bet a lot of people would do that. I was going to say, is that not what that fire festival thing was? <laughs> was that not just spooky island? I think you're thinking of Dashcon, but yeah. Um, yeah, uh, so I, I think we should, I believe that the initial... What I gleaned uh, for, is that the movie was, I think, initially kind of dreamed up as this was going to be a live-action spoof of the cartoon that it was going to be our PG 13 or R rated. It was going to like, they were going to be pretty overt about Shaggy being a stoner. Velma was going to be gay and having like a secret relationship with Daphne that it was going to kind of do all of the great things that deviant art would later revolutionize. Um, Right. I was going to say, this seems like one of the, the um, kind of first instances of that potentially happening of like, Oh, we're going to do like this original, like beloved childhood thing, but it's going to be dark and messed up and we're clever. Yeah. Like it somehow makes us artists to do that. Um, Like the newest version is that Winnie the Pooh horror film. Yeah, exactly. Apparently like it got rushed into production the the minute that Winnie the Pooh went to public domain. Yeah. And now, now we have to deal with that. (laughs) Exactly. Or, or like, um, uh, well, basically anything Adult Swim does, maybe. I don't know. I haven't watched Adult Swim. <laughs> but y- yeah, it, it is that, that kind of thing. And but but I mean, I would argue Batman versus Superman is trying Ew. to be that. Got him. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I think that then what happened was somewhere in the production, they were like, no, we need to actually make it for kids. Like, we can't. We need to actually make money off yeah, of this. Yeah, this needs to go pare down. <laughs> but the end result is something, because I think they'd already shot some of their stuff. So you get this movie that is both too it feels in many ways too crude or too adult for kids but also not actually like risque or scandalous enough for like the college like mtv crowd it was probably aiming at Um, right all the people who are there to see sugar ray who is in the movie as themselves and it's great um there, and like you, you may think that Britain is exaggerating no. or he's he's lying. No, it is legitimately. The, Mark McGrath and his friends as Sugar Ray are there. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> this is a real. This is a real flashback to me to what hair looked like in two thousand and two. Um, yep. Oh goodness me, Frost and all those tips. And, and yeah, there's a lot of cleavage, but there's no nudity. Um, there are two or three not veiled stoner jokes that annoyed me because of how unclever they were. Oh, like that opening scene where we find out where Shaggy and Scooby have been. It's like one after the other. Yep. Like nonstop. Yeah. So, so yeah, we're, we're clearly dived in here. There's they, they, (laughs) they all have kind of an argument after solving a mystery and then they're not friends anymore. So scoop. Well, basically, the the idea is is supposed to be that they're sick of the status quo. Yeah. They're sick of Fred taking all the credit because he's supposedly the leader, yeah. even though Velma's the smart right. one. Um, and then Daphne's sick of getting kidnapped and having to be saved yeah. because 
they had the, the opening is is basically jokes about her getting groped yeah. by the, the bad guy and i the, the literal the first that. sentence in this movie is okay now i definitely have a wedgie I, uh, the mo- I the didn't. opening line, the first yeah. things you hear in this movie is incredible. Yeah, but then Shaggy and Scooby are just kind of like, they're there, and they, like, things just happen to them, and they get lucky a yeah. lot, and that's why they're, they're okay with the status quo. Yeah. But the idea is that this, just being kind of like, this is a normal... Um, mystery this is this is this week this week on scooby-doo right um they're just kind of sick of it so they decide to part ways yeah and and then we we see we only really plot we find out where the others have been but we actually see a scene with scooby and shaggy there is deleted footage that shows where each of them is and i remember that being at the end of the vhs okay that i had (laughs) cool um but yeah there's there's velma also has a a a song she has a she has a number and i can't but y'all did not make this movie right <laughs> i could have i watched know the right number. <laughs> but yeah the, so when they cut to scooby and shaggy the camera's up on the sky and you see white smoke and then you hear Sk- scooby and shaggy laughing and shaggy's like and then it pans down there's smoke coming out of the top of the, their big van that they live in and shaggy goes oh man talk about toasted and then it turns out that they're toasting some sandwiches but also the song that is playing is a a, a parent a is supposedly a veiled uh yeah dope song and then later <laughs> he meets a uh uh is it is, her, is it isla fisher or isla fisher i think it's isla, isla fisher. fisher isla fisher plays his love interest and her name is mary jane and he's like that's my favorite name and it's like this is okay yep airing on comedy central uh at nine but yeah it, it, it's all that kind of stuff i also i want to talk about the character of norval shaggy roberts um, he, and the whole thing is that he and Scooby are, they're, they're ravenous for food. They're a hung, couple of hungry, hungry hipsters, but they are, was the joke ever that they eat just insane food or is this, this just like a stoner thing? Cause they're like having fried eggplant sandwiches with chocolate sauce on it and ketchup or hot sauce. I can't remember if the joke in the TV show is that they ate just weird things. I know they would just eat yeah, heavy quantities. Right. But I, I don't remember. Because that was just what is silly to me. I, I would imagine this is them pushing that to the nth degree of like, no, they have the munchies. They will eat right, anything. Right, right. Silliness. How, how, before we venture into the plot more, how did, what did you think of the characters uh, and the performances sort of our, our, our six and or five intrepid heroes as a as a scooby-doo fan yourself i thought for the most part they were fine Mm -hmm. i i do think it's a little unfair to compare everyone because just the characters as they were originally conceived it's very clear which ones have the most personality and by that i mean velma and shaggy daphne and fred are just the pretty people Mm -hmm. like that's that's really all they are and i do appreciate how the movie with those spoof elements tries to do something with yeah. that. Um, Fred on Fred, the many faces of yeah. me. <laughs> um, but particularly with Sarah Michelle Gellar, I think she does a pretty good job yes. of elevating her material. Yes. Um, but I mean, the stars of the show are, are Matthew Lillard and Linda Cardellini. Like totally. they, they are just like straight. Like it, it's like the cartoon stepping outside the TV no, screen. They, they are and, giving 
performances. They are giving good performances in a movie. No, I, I was yeah. really happy with Sarah Michelle Gellar because she is just trying her heart out and really committing. And I like that. I like when I, if I when I watch a bad movie to see an actor like make a like, genuinely try. And yeah. and I liked that. I liked Velma's quote unquote arc in the not Velma Daphne's kind of arc in the movie that she was like, I don't want to be a damsel. I want to be taken seriously. I am smart. And I like that they they didn't make her a vapid airhead. That she wasn't constantly like getting sayings wrong or making or just only or, or I don't know that a monster doesn't show up and she goes, uh, you need to do on a juice cleanse. You need a better skincare regimen. Like they don't do that kind of stuff. They have a joke about her yeah. having a lot of luggage getting off the plane. But like they don't go into all this like fashionista airhead joke with which they could have done with her. She is just someone fighting to be taken seriously. Um, I don't think they tell that yeah. story effectively, but I like the conceit of it. I I think we could argue that most of the storytelling in here it yeah. would would not be uh it would not be unified under the word effective. No. <laughs> and like ev- everybody is dealing with terrible material. Oh, and and like Linda Cardellini kind of does a Velma voice. Matthew Lillard famously does a Shaggy voice that I think he I think he voiced him in some animated stuff later. Like he kind of became yeah. the Shaggy for a minute. <laughs> The Shaggy. The Shaggy has turned. Um, I was going to say, it's it's not the Shaggy dog, it's Shaggy and ex- the dog. Exactly. Uh, my favorite 80s cop show. <laughs> and I think Freddie <laughs> Prince Jr. is is the, the weakest, simply because I think he has the least to work with. Like, yeah. he's trying, but like, he has a terrible wig, and like, or no, I think it was actually his hair, I take it back. I think he just styled his hair really badly. Um... Yeah, and and that's that's the weird thing because like the, especially the opening scene where he's got like the this it's like a seventies haircut yeah, or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, Fred in the cartoon didn't even look like that. Right. I don't I don't think like it was just yeah. kind of weird. When like Daphne didn't dress in go go boots and like a leather mini jumper with a, a plunging neckline. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, it is kind of strange how it's like for like Velma and Shaggy are straight yeah. straight out of the show, like in terms of look and, yeah. and feel. But like Fred and Daphne, they feel like they have to sex them up. There's a, bit, a more modernized, and I think like Velma's skirt is made out of leather rather than fabric. But like still, still looks yeah. like Velma. Yeah, there's a um. So so one of. The, one of the, the the way that they realize there's a mystery is that people come to the island and then start acting very differently than themselves. And which might it, it, this this whole subplot, I guess, got got some chuckles sure. out of me, I will say. And one of the things is it, you find out later that they're basically like essentially their uh, souls have been separated from their bodies and yes. are being kept in this swirling cauldron like in Little Mermaid. And, and they're being replaced by the souls of like these weird alien demons. Yeah, these things? these purple. Let's call them mugwumps. And uh, <laughs> I have a lot to say about them. And it's causing people to behave differently. There is a scene where, like, the other characters aside from Shaggy and Scooby have all had been dementored, I guess. And yes, Shaggy uh, frees them. He sets their souls free. Um, with the power of Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, in, in, that's I the was thing. in this say movie. Faith, Sh- trust, and pixie dust. Sh- yeah, but, you know. Shag- Shaggy is an ordained minister and baptizes them. <laughs> um, uh, but no, and, and we 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 get this moment where Velma's soul flies back to her. Velma is no longer wearing her trademark big orange sweater, and she is now she has a new haircut, 
more eye makeup, and a tight t-shirt with a plunging neckline, all cleavy and everything. We have not, and she took off her glasses. She right? took off her glasses. There's no scene now. I, being an erudite film watcher, having you know, being versed in the the traditions of Ozu and Godot, I can I I can track <laughs> cinema storytelling, and know that oh yeah, she, her she was possessed by a mugwump, and so now she acts different. The movie gives you nothing. You see Velma dressed the way she's been dressed, and then twenty minutes later, she's suddenly completely different with no context. And then she immediately gets her soul back and is like, Jinkies, it's me, Velma, again. It's just, it's so bizarre. Yeah, I guess the idea is that when, like, once she's possessed by the mugwomps, like, they decide to just turn them into just dumb college kids because the same they do the same thing with fred where he's wearing like a, a more like summer beach outfit yeah, 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 yeah. when shaggy finds him right. um which by the way <laughs> at the sugar ray concert. dialogue just the dialogue that they give the 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 uh yes. possessed teens oh, it's is so good it's to die for do you remember <laughs> i'm gonna look it up because like uh oh because because there's a bit like fred goes on like this this lengthy bit of like nonsense and he's like you know what i'm saying (laughs) he's just he just shakes his head (laughs) yeah i'm gonna like it's so funny i'll 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 find it while i'll search for it while we're talking um my fate my favorite bit is when they kind of initially their their first discovery where they they, they're at that evil like castle lair thing and they have they find like the the um it's almost like a newsroom but like a yeah you know, they have all the monitors and the setup and everything, and they're, they're watching a tape, and I guess it's supposed to be an instructional video that the kids, once they're possessed by these demon alien things, they watch this to learn how to behave like humans. Right. And they, they show, like, here's the do's and don'ts of hanging out with people your age. And the so the situation is two guys... Just like college kids walk into each other and one of them like spills his drink on the other guy or whatever. And the first one is, yo, sorry, bro. I will crush your bones into dust. <laughs> <laughs> and the the instructor lady is like, now here's how the situation should be handled. And then I just like, sorry, bro. And he's like, oh, you know, did you hear about the thing that's going on downtown or whatever? Yeah, I did. Word. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, there's totally, I found it, uh, Fred says, yo, the B word was like, what? And I was like, later on. And Shaggy goes, Fred. And Fred says, yo, what up, dog? And uh, dog. And Scooby-Doo says, reaping it real. <laughs> I forgot. And he like crosses his arms. And like. See, Scooby knows what's going Scooby on. Knows. He secretly understands. Scooby's down with like the lingo. And yeah, he totally. But you know, he does not like Doja Cat. He's like, uh, no, 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 not. They shouldn't be rapping. Um, cats, he means. Um, but yeah. He's also against the film Cats, he like is, everyone. Yes, fundamentally. Eh, it's a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great bad movie. But it was miss it was missing CG Scooby Doo is what it was missing. Yeah, I uh okay. Okay. <laughs> Alex, tell the people what else came out the year that Scooby Doo came out. Yeah, so I think um yeah, some some context here cuz I I like to to kind of lay this out sometimes, especially when we're going back to something from the early 2000s cuz the early 2000s was a time to be alive. Oh man. Uh cut to uh Sugar Ray hairstyles. Shrek um, ketchup, get out of here. 
<laughs> so 2002 had some very big movies that year. Yep. Along with Scooby-Doo, of course. You had Spider-Man, and I'm talking like OG Spider-Man. Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. There it is. Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, and Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> now, I would like to state, Britain, we had talked beforehand, not two of those movies, but three of them have fully realized CG characters that have held up so much better than either Scooby-Doo or even worse, the monsters in this movie. Yeah. Dobby, Gollum, and James Franco. It's crazy. No, absolutely. I was going to say Hayden Christensen. Hey, okay. there it is. No, uh, but you're absolutely <laughs> right. Like, Gollum looks brilliant now. Dobby still looks good. Like, all of it works. But when you watch this, and I, I think Scooby didn't bother me so much because, I, I've again, I've seen that image for years. I'm just so used to it at this yeah. point. Um, the Mugwumps looked think, horrible. The yeah. Mugwumps... Yeah. I, I think just circling back real quick to Scooby-Doo, I think the reason it works is because... It's not trying to look yes. like a realistic dog. Right, right. And I feel like that's the mistake that a lot of these movies make. I mean, like Sonic. Sure, 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 sure. Ever, everyone freaked out because it's like, are you trying to make Sonic look realistic? Yeah. This doesn't make any sense. So, of course, then they go back to a classical design. This is like, I mean, it's it's slightly more realistic just because it's 3D instead of 2D. Yeah. But this is like if they made a 3D animated scooby-doo game yeah. that this is probably close to what scooby-doo right. would look like so i don't know i thought i thought it was it didn't really uh hit the uh the uncanny valley where yeah. it's like oh no this is this just doesn't look right it was just like yeah i mean it's aged yeah, but totally it's, I, I mean it's not terrible yeah, yeah and uh, but no the the mogums look they look like they should be snickering and rubbing their hands on the loading screen of a pc game yeah you know like they look really bad like Scooby-Doo looks more into more closely integrated into the environment. They just look superimposed on it. Um, yeah. Uh, Scrappy-Doo, because I did not know Scrappy-Doo was in this movie. Scrappy-Doo is the villain. <laughs> A lot to say about Scrappy. He looks crazy. He he. It feels like he's <laughs> constantly changing, not just size, but proportion. Like his arms yeah. are different lengths. He also has like old man eyebrows. Um, It's just very disconcerting, Scrappy-Doo. Yeah. Uh I Scrappy Doo is the bad guy and apparently James Gunn has had to express re regret because fans of the character <laughs> didn't like that he was the villain. I feel like a lot of people don't like find Scrappy Doo annoying. A lot of people find him to be grating. Uh myself yeah. one of them. Um So I don't really mind. I thought it was kind of funny that he was the villain. I didn't know I was going to have to do with Scrappy Doo urinating on Daphne. Talking about having puppy power. I, 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 this is, the, this is the weird thing because the, uh, like, I already have some disconnect with James Gunn's sense of humor. Sure. Like, I feel like when he's got some boundaries, he can actually find a very good line to balance, like with the Guardians sure. movies. Um, and I feel like even Suicide Squad, mm -hmm. for the most part, I feel like it rides that line fairly well. But, like, I've started watching his Peacemaker show, and I've seen some of his other movies. I've seen Super, and I feel like he has a tendency to just go way too far into just gross-out humor. And it's it just it doesn't really serve a purpose. Yeah. It's more just, I can get away with it, so I'm going to yeah. do it. Um, and it's 
it's kind of this weird juxtaposition because like with a uh, kids movie, theoretically, you can actually get away with more gross out humor because kids find that funnier than adults most of the time, like fart jokes. But did we really need Scrappy Doo peeing on Daffy? That 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 comes off to me like a, a, you know, creepy spoof thing of like oh this is look at how messed up yeah. this is and th- and that's the weird like it's it's again it's not that far but it's also too puerile and it's just it's this weird yeah. thing and um i also don't think we need a 46 minute farting contest between shaggy and scooby um but yeah. that also just comes down I, to I my, my personal that. taste uh and humor um yeah i i just oh scrappy and the <laughs> That he is like driving or riding around in a robot that looks like Rowan Atkinson and is played yeah. by Rowan Atkinson and is stealing people's souls so he can gain the ultimate power and he becomes a giant scrappy wump and then he's doing his battles. It's crazy. Well, okay, who's the real mugwomp? Because I, I guess <laughs> that's Scooby what I'm still trying Doo. to figure out. But like Scooby Doo is like he that's the soul that Scrappy actually wants. Right, right. That's like so is scooby like the most pure of heart is he the real mugwomp <laughs> is what i'm trying Scooby-Doo to get Doo is the best of us look guys if you haven't listened to our fantastic beasts whatever the heck that movie was called um last week you'll have no context for this but we're gonna keep saying mugwomp because it's funny, funny and it's stupid and people who wrote that dialogue should feel bad <laughs> whoa also do go back and listen <laughs> to that episode it's a pretty good episode um we had a lot of fun doing it <laughs> Yeah, uh, more fun than I had watching Scooby Doo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I had about as much fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna t- I'm gonna temper that a little about yeah. about on par. I don't know. <laughs> so here's the thing. I feel like this movie makes slightly more sense. The overall narrative makes slightly more sense. The Secrets of Dumbledore, okay. because it has a lot less on. It's trying to do a lot less. Sure. Secret Dumbledore is, is overly complicated and convoluted and all this messy nonsense. And you also have 50,000 characters. And it's, yeah, and uh, this is also a lot shorter, so I don't know which is worse, but probably Scooby-Doo. Come on. But, yeah. um, It, it didn't get good bad enough for me, I will say. I kind of was hoping I would just be like, this is incredible. But I was like, eh, yeah, it's stupid. Which I knew it was going to be, but like, alright. Here's the movie. Yeah, I think part of the problem is when you really lose that spoof element, which I think kind of the second half of the movie really does, yeah. um, especially the final act is just, no, we, other than Scrappy, like the twist of him being the ultimate bad yeah. guy, we kind of lose the spoof element entirely. Right. And like I said, given James Gunn's sensibilities and kind of how dark and disturbing he can kind of yeah. get and how I, I'm not always the biggest fan of that. Um, maybe it was for the best that they kind of pulled back and made it more child-friendly. Sure, totally, yeah. Um, but it just makes this really weird, it's not even a balance, like it keeps seesawing yeah. back and forth, and it's like, no, pick a lane, please. Right. Um, yeah. it, it doesn't, it doesn't mix well. No, definitely, and, and it's, yeah, it, it, it both goes too far for young kids, and then not as far as the college kids would want it to go. So, like, right. is the movie for 13-year-olds? I guess that's where it is yeah but then you've got like that action scene where shaggy and scooby are like running away from fred and the other possessed teens and they're they're suddenly on what are they like those bikes um right right like a whole action go-kart 
yeah and there's a whole action scene built out of that and i'm like this is really lame yeah like who's who's this made for? also there is about 10 seconds of a cover of the scooby-doo theme song sung by the artist shaggy they play it very that's, briefly that's at the beginning of the movie and then i was like oh okay this is like our new oh oh it's over okay well well, they have a couple of iterations of the song because there's that. And then at the end, when Scrappy, like the big fight's happening at the end and Scooby's running for his life and Daphne's fighting the, we've got like a, a wrestler that she's fighting. Yeah, that's like a whole luchador situation. Yeah, I, I don't... think he's one of like the park attractions, like he's supposed to be a character at the park. Yeah, on Spooky Island, we have a luchador. Eh, you know, it's a, it's spring break, man. Who needs Cancun? We're going to Spooky <laughs> Island. I like to imagine he 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 was just like he was a college student that showed up there and he was just like, I refuse to leave. I'm going to pretend <laughs> to be an attraction here. <laughs> it's like a Westworld thing. He's on a loop. It's a whole whole scenario. <laughs> um, we also have a guy practicing voodoo on the island. Yeah. And I don't know if that was an offensive stereotype or not. He, he is our one black character. But he also, like, he doesn't have, like, a... a, He doesn't do a voice, yeah. He doesn't do a voice. Like, he just talks normally. And, like I said, I don't know if that makes it better or worse. Yeah, it was... (laughs) I kind of forgot about that character until Daphne was like, we have to go ask him for help. I did like the line where they're like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm just sacrificing this dead Arnuki beast. (laughs) And I'm like, what are you doing? You know, something that I, I, I did genuinely like about the movie is... And this is... I think a lot of this is just nostalgia. I liked how physical it was. We talked about the bad CGI yeah. characters, but like, it looks like the set is largely built. Um, yeah. It is not to the de- no. There's some pretty impressive some nice uh, production design. Yeah. None of it is to the degree of a like, like a prime Tim Burton kind of scenario. But yeah, no, no, a Guillermo del Toro did no, not no, direct no, no. this film. Okay, but but I was like, so like so many movies right now are all. CGI green screen volume, you know, it's all that business that to watch this movie, like, oh, no, they built this crazy set. Like, that's really cool. And the uh, kooky Harlequin ghost at the beginning of the movie, which I actually didn't hate that whole sequence. That was just like a live action Scooby-Doo episode. Yeah, no, I thought it was quite a bit of fun. I thought it was actually a a, considering they were using just like a generic factory setting. I thought it was actually pretty well um, shot and like. If you want to see a live action Scooby Doo movie, that's the thing you want to watch. Is just them serving yeah. a ba- solving a basic mystery, um, and Pamela Anderson is there as the as the celebrity guest, and she's a slightly better uh, <laughs> actor than Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> in that scene. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I'm just kidding. I mean, she was fine. Or am I? She didn't bother me. Or am I? <laughs> she has like one line. No, exactly. I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. yeah. But oh, what a line! Like Mahershala and Eternals. Um. Yeah, I I don't. I I like that the Harlequin ghost was like a traditional ghost effect. Like, I I don't know. I just, I, I liked that it was in that time period where it's like, well, we're gonna try to do CGI stuff, but we're still the reflex is to do physical. The reflex is to make things, to build a set and design the cost and come up with effects and which which I well, on top of that. Maybe it's just because we watched a Fantastic Beasts movie sure. last week. I love the color grading of this movie. Yeah. I thought I, I really appreciated just how vibrant it's it was. Very and especially, you know, it's really embracing. No, we are based on a Hanna-Barbera yeah. cartoon, so we, we can kind of be super colorful. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. There were there were a lot of moments where I'm like, oh, this is not the most well shot thing, but I just appreciate the look yeah. of the movie. Yeah. And especially because, you know, I'm constantly complaining between Marvel and the, the Harry Potter movies and whatnot of just like these flat gray looking films. And I'm like, no, you're just doing that to mask your terrible CG. This movie has terrible yeah. CG, but it doesn't mask it. <laughs> no, like there really is just a, a, a vibrancy to the look, if, if nothing else. Um, yeah. So that's like the one positive I have for the movie, aside from a couple of performances. Yeah, it really is like Matt, Matthew Lillard is great, <laughs> and yes, uh, I, I, the our, the the next movie Tyler and I will do next week. Alex, I do recommend you read Roger Ebert's review of it because it's it's just a really fun review to read. It's a very reasonable. It's very it's a, very, a lot of it is him going. No, I'm not the target audience, and that's fine. Matthew Lillard's really talented. Like it's just him being very like just generous and like you know what whatever yeah i'm gonna go watch mystic river tomorrow probably so like who cares um <laughs> that'll be the next or i don't know when that was um but yeah it's it's there is something kind of nice about about watching matthew lillard just like fully commit and do the voice and i don't know it's fun well i mean like acting against a a, a you know, a fake character yeah. is already difficult enough, but he's having to put on that performance while doing so. Yeah. It's quite impressive. And I don't, I think there literally wasn't a guy, I think there just wasn't anybody there for Scooby-Doo. I don't think I had a tennis ball or anything. I think it was just a guy, Jeez. I think the guy who voiced Scooby was like off camera doing the lines. But like, yeah, yeah so much of that, it, even if there was a tennis ball, like they really, those characters, it does feel like Matthew Lillard is interacting with that character. Yeah. Um, because he's a really good, really good actor. It'll be fun to see him whenever yeah. we get to the Scream movies. That's true. Yeah. And. I don't know if he's done any other big franchises. In the name of the king, a dungeon siege tale. <laughs> like I said, I don't know if he's done any other big franchises. <laughs> hey, speaking of people uh, who've done other stuff, I know you wanted to talk about Mr. Gosnell's uh, catalog. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, well, before we get to yeah. that, I got I got to talk about some of the deleted scenes. Oh, okay. okay. Please do. So the big ones that I remember are, are the flashbacks. So basically when they all converge at the airport and they're all like, what have you been up to? Oh, I can't, I'm, I, I, I hate that, that you're here and we all, we're all stuck together. Um, and then Scooby's dressed like grandma. I, I didn't laugh at any of that. Yeah. Uh, aside from when he punched Fred, that was pretty good. <laughs> um, but Basically, when they're each like alluding to what they've done, it cuts to um, okay. kind of what they've been up to. Yeah. And I think I want to say Fred is actually giving a lecture and people are asking him questions. Um, I, I I can't quite remember. The big one for me was they show Daphne like doing martial arts training. Okay. And she's like breaking boards yeah. and stuff and she's flipping all around. And I was like, oh, that's pretty slaying, slaying vampires and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Like, that's why you cast Sarah Michelle Geller. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the other big one is this this musical number that Velma has. So basically, when they are at the hotel and she starts flirting with that one guy, mm -hmm. um, and she's like, she tells him the backstory of of Scrappy and what happened there. Yeah. Linda Cardellini is playing it like she's drunk. It's not yeah. It's very brief, but it's very clear that she's supposed to be drunk. And from there, she breaks into a musical number 
with the evil bad guy on the piano and she starts singing the song i love you baby (laughs) okay and it's like a full-on musical number of just her like i think she starts laying on the piano and singing it like she's drunk um and then at the end of it that's when the monsters attack and like that's when fred gets captured okay well i'm gonna watch that like that (laughs) why is that not in the movie that's too fun i like linda (laughs) cardellini and we all know i love a musical number depending and i (laughs) yeah that sounds like a fun thing to put in your movie yeah whatever like this movie's already under 90 minutes if they put that sequence back in it would probably be right at 90 minutes you got a chance to go get some more bunch of crunch chill out (laughs) i want to watch it um, but yeah, the director, let's, let's go through his, his, uh, filmography. Cause it, it's, uh, it's a doozy. Yeah. It's a doozy and a half. Um, so Mr. Gosnell got his start in film editing. So he's done a bunch of different, yeah. um, fairly popular, uh, 90s films. He's got editing credit on, uh, the first two Home Alone movies, <laughs> uh, Pretty Woman. Oh, wow. Um, Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he, uh, apparently he got his directorial debut on uh, Home Alone three. <laughs> now that was so not a, dir- that was not a theatrical release. It was. It was. All right. There's three of them, Alex. But that's the one that that the first one at least that that did not have Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. Um, but it did have Scarlett Johansson as the protagonist's sister. <laughs> I think we found our next Christmas uh, franchise. Um, and, and and then he did Never Been Kissed, which if you're a Red Letter Media fan, you will get a big laugh out of that. <laughs> um. He did Big Mama's House. <laughs> which, oh, that's awesome. But that might have been what got him Scooby-Doo if it was originally pitched as a more sure, R-rated, sure. raunchy spoof thing, yeah, right? Yeah, I may be. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, Britain. <laughs> <laughs> but since then, basically, he's just done a series of really bad... Uh, family films so he did both scooby-doo movies he did yours mine and ours which i think okay. has dennis quaid maybe a little, little he vitamin beverly d hills <laughs> he did beverly hills chihuahua <laughs> he did the first two live action smurfs movies good and he did show dogs which if you know anything about that yeah, went, went, went bad uh Wipe your brain. <laughs> I remember us getting at the movie theater I worked at. I remember us getting the second cut of that movie where they had to fix things that people were like justifiably upset about. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this 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 man has a story career and I, I can't wait to hear um, if the magic continues in the <laughs> second film. I really do love that he was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep working with CG with like old cartoons turned into people like I'm just going to keep doing that. There's something to be said for consistency in men. I, I mean, you're not wrong. I also see that the producer on the movie was Charles Roven, um, and he's a, a mainstay at Warner Brothers. He uh, he was a producer on the Dark Knight trilogy. Oh, wow. He's a producer on, I think, all of the DC movies. Like, I've, I've seen him on all the interviews for, like, okay. BBS and whatever. Um, <laughs> I think he's one of the guys that was, like, when they were starting the reshoots for justice league with joss whedon he was like yeah we're only reshooting like 20 percent of it or whatever (laughs) that was a lie (laughs) i i just i just for the record that was a lie that's brilliant do you do you think that scooby does a lot in space jam 2 
I hope he dunks <laughs> in it. See, the the real question is, because that movie's live action as well, and they turn all of the characters into 3D animated models. Right, right. So if Scooby-Doo were to appear in it, would he be his 2D self, or would he be this 3D, quote-unquote, live action I movie? hope it's this version, but not like the design done with today's graphic uh, uh, prowess. Yeah. I hope it's they literally Literally just, plug... Yeah. Pluck this from their their uh, their uh, Windows ninety five yeah. computers that they were using, and just I gen- I in. genuinely just hope they cut to him and he goes keeping it real. I hope that's it. <laughs> I hope that's the, his entire scene. Oh God, uh, that would be good. Yeah, that'd be quite good. Um, I I will say I did like some of the set pieces. Okay. Um. I think the big one that kind of sticks in my mind is when they go to the haunted castle sure. thing and basically all the stuff starts coming to life, yeah, so to speak. So Daphne gets caught on this, like, um, I, I don't know. They got the, like the little carts that are going through. It's not a roller coaster, but it's, it's just a ride yeah. kind of taking you through the, the haunted castle. And then she's stuck on one and it's taking her to the end. And there's a bunch of like broken glass and daggers and stuff sticking out of the wall. Right. So you've got that. You got Shaggy and Scooby who are for some reason fascinated by fake food. Like it's all plastic, yeah. so I don't know why they're, yeah. they're high. It's whatever. Uh, Scooby snacks. Yeah. Um do you get it? Britain did did you did Yeah, they you, it, it's, it's, they straight up canonized that Scooby snacks are dog food that uh both Shaggy and his girlfriend Mary Jane eat. It's 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 a metaphor for weed. <laughs> No, I got it. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure that you knew because the movie the movie was a little unclear. Do you think it, when Tyler's editing this, that's going to be the part where he puts his hand over his mouth and goes, oh my goodness. <laughs> this is the biggest, this is the most shocking development of all. <laughs> he like looks towards the, the his sleeping child's bedroom and like turns down the volume on his computer. <laughs> um. But basically, the food comes to life, so to speak, and like the, there's like a, a bunch of sausages that grab them and like pull them against the wall and start strangling yeah. them. And then um, Velma and Fred get stuck in this room, and they've got like the swinging axes right. behind them that are kind of crisscrossing, and they they're slowly getting pushed to the end of the room. So they're like, "Oh, there's a there's a, a, a bookcase. Uh, one of them's got to trigger a door or something." I like yeah, that. Yeah, that yeah. was fun. One, well, I uh, there, when I was looking at the at the quotes here on IMDb. There's an an interchange between Scooby and Shaggy that opens with in brackets, trapped by hot dogs, <laughs> which is good. Yeah, I didn't realize that that's what the that the Mugwumps were using that interview room to learn about human behavior. That that's something I only caught on this watch. I don't remember. Yeah, like I remember that scene because it's just weird. Right, right. But um just kind of piecing it together, I was like, okay, I guess that's just them trying to learn human behavior. Because when they first show up to the island and Rowan Atkinson, um, who I guess is supposed to be scrappy in disguise yeah. at this point, um, he's he's laying out what the problems are. You've got this um he, this guy shows up with them because it's like this group of kids showing up for um for uh, spring break and he sees his girlfriend is in the line to leave. Yeah. Which, which is, is weird. I don't. Yeah. 
I don't get that. Hey. But um, he's like, oh, Carol, how did everything go? And and she, like, grabs him and throws him. <laughs> and it's like, she, she says, like, stay away from me, son. Or she has, like, some weird line like that. And it's like, oh, I guess, okay, so they're all, all the, the ones that are possessed, they're overly aggressive. So that was kind of like, yeah. I picked up on that, and that's, yeah. <sighs> I don't feel like they do enough with that. I feel no. like once you have the reveal that, Oh, they're possessed. Then it just kind of stops. Yeah, and the, it, then like like with Velma, they just start acting the opposite. I guess there's also a lot of yeah. body switch gags. Yeah, uh, about that. Yeah, where the voices don't change, or excuse me, the voices like Sarah Michelle Geller opens her mouth and Freddie Prince Jr.'s voice comes out, which is already unsettling. Yeah, but then. This would be Fred trapped in Daphne's body, yes. then makes remarks about how, oh, she, he's in a sexy woman's yeah. body. Now he can look at himself naked. Right. And and he says, like, D- why don't you ever eat? And it's like, dude, come on. <laughs> don't don't body shame someone. No, I think Shaggy actually has that line. OK, Shaggy, don't body shame people. Yeah. And the, the, yeah. during that whole thing with all the stuff with Fred about looking naked, I was like, is the fact that they are together in real life, does that make it less creepy? Because <laughs> and they're still together. So they're going strong. Um, but. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I, re- I really don't know how to feel about all of that, because that, that's no, it's still uh, another element. That's an, well, it's another element where I'm like, OK, so that's clearly James Gunn doing sure a James Gunn thing. Yeah. I don't know if it crosses a line or not. Yeah. And I'm like, I think that it does. Cause this is a PG movie aimed for kids. Yeah. They do a, a, not a similar joke, but they, they, they have, uh, in the first of the new Jumanji movies, um, they have, uh, Jack black is being played by, or like he is the avatar of a young woman. And so he is behaving as though he were a young woman and manages right. to do so both because of the script and also Jack Black's just general ability and non creepiness to not make that ever seem weird and uncomfortable. And he does like, it does reveals like gross or offensive. It's just funny. Um, yeah. That's a whole movie. <laughs> like they make it through a whole movie. Uh, that's a franchise. Yeah. I, 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 I... Yeah, there's, there's there's just several choices where I'm like, okay, so very, so Britain, based on the research that you did, <laughs> the IMDb trivia <laughs> section, go on. Well, I mean, yeah, was the were they basically having to rewrite the movie while they? Were I, I think I think they had already. I think I saw somewhere they had to use CGI to cover cleavage or something like, which I don't know. Oh, they did a good yeah, job. I don't know where that was in the movie, but I I I think that it does sound like they had already kind of started making a more a lewd version and then had to like start paring it down during the shoot and yeah cutting stuff and And i i mean i feel like we need to reiterate like i'm i'm not i'm not trying to be a prude about it no it's purely in the context that this is supposed to be a family film like that is the ultimately the product we were delivered is a family film is a pg-13 or pg movie excuse me that is aimed for all audiences right and it's just a weird because James Gunn writes weird stuff. Yeah. One <laughs> and like, if you make a movie that is based on original characters and it's a 
stupid sex college sex comedy with stoner jokes like okay i i don't have to watch it make your movie don't hurt anybody yeah go on about your business but it's when you are trying to sneak that stuff into a family movie if one doesn't work and also it's kind of gross when you're like contorting beloved innocent figures like this winnie the pooh thing it's like that's come on y'all grow up (laughs) like what are you doing and I mean, I gotta say, I, I think I might actually throw some points to Warner Brothers by pulling the reins back on, oh, sure. on this and being like, no, 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 let's not yeah. character assassinate everyone. Yeah, just like do a Scooby-Doo <laughs> movie and you can keep some of the, the naughty jokes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it just feels like tasteless to me. But again, like none of those jokes went far enough to truly offend me. They really just like reminded me so much of like, Things I would catch, like scrolling through the channels on TV when I was 12 and 13 and being like, am I allowed to see this? That at, yeah. at this point in my life, I'm like, oh, that was nothing. Like, that was like. I I did think it was just very off-putting of like, people are cursing in a Scooby-Doo movie. Scrappy-Doo, who is a child, says, uh, he basically suggests that Fred does not have the re- requisite anatomy to be the leader of this group, which is a very gender normative thing. But also he does this by using a term that starts with S and rhymes with boat, which is a crazy thing that he won. They let him say that, but I guess they wouldn't have let him say the norm, the thing you would generally say. Yeah. So now I don't know. It's, it's, it's a bizarre image that i did take a picture of and will send to my friends as a challenge (laughs) i mean i I will say i mean just in terms of hindsight i guess all of this does make the movie more interesting to talk about yeah if this was purely a straightforward scooby-doo live action adaptation with no frills about it um we probably wouldn't even be doing it sure (laughs) For, the, for this podcast. Uh, Sh- Scrappy also says, I would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you sons of, and then the door slams. <laughs> and I was like, he was about to call them that. <laughs> he was in the act of calling them that. What is happening right now? Yeah. No, I agree. I think they made a Scooby-Doo live action movie that is a like kids, like Nickelodeon movie or something that I want to say Robbie Amell is in. Um, that sounds right. And I think Daphne and Velma had a movie. This is the two of them. So like, they have been doing more, like, kid-friendly version, which is fine. Like, do it. Um, yeah, I think they're, like, straight to TV Yeah, that movies. kind of stuff, yeah. right? Um, but, yeah, no, it, it, we had we had talked about doing the Flintstones live-action movies, or at least Tyler and I had talked about doing the second one. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, I think those were going to be more along the lines of what we're talking about. Just, like, we're doing that. Although I think the first one does have a whole subplot where Halle Berry's trying to seduce Fred. So maybe not. Uh, all the jokes I can't Sounds make. like an episode of the Flintstones I mean, to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, all, the, all those episodes of Flintstones where a vixen would, would try to pl- uh, ply her wiles on Fred Flintstone. Well, I guess I can't... Go- I can't do a Fred Flintstone voice. <laughs> um, did any of the humor work for you? Be- no. Because for me... Aside, aside from some of the stuff that I mentioned earlier, there's one particular yes. joke that just cut me to my core. <laughs> um, 
And that's that's the the recurring bit. It only happens a couple times with Melvin Dew. <laughs> right. That is so dumb. So basically, the setup is that there's a guy working at, at like the, the the lounge bar at the, at the the hotel where they're staying at on Spooky Island, and he's like, "Oh, I, I got someone here trying to talk to a Mister Do," and then Scooby's standing there, and he's like, "Oh, that's me," and then a guy just stands up, like he stands up from the table next to him, and he's like, "Uh, Melvin Do," <laughs> <laughs> and the bartender's like, "No, it's Scooby." It is, yeah. and then at the end, um, I, I, I can't remember the setup. It's Scrappy or somebody's like, "Oh, if we have to get Scooby Doo," and then Scooby goes, "Don't you mean Melvin Doo?" <laughs> and he points over, Melvin's possessed, and he's just got like a blank stare. And I was like, "This is, I, I, I don't know if I had lost my mind sure. at that that point, <laughs> or it was just like I'm, I'm begging for scraps, but." <laughs> That's just gotten me. Well, it's like it's it's such a stupid joke that it like goes past being stupid and kind of loops back around to being funny, right? Yeah, no, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, I don't. You mean Melvin? Do <laughs> I don't know if any of. I definitely laughed at a few points, but I don't think the way the movie wanted me to. Um, yeah, I laughed when Sugar Ray became possessed and started be- tearing a building apart to get to Shaggy and Scoopy. There's a wonderful sound effect where, like, the, the lead, he's, like, yeah, bashing Rabbit, yeah. his guitar into yeah. the 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 building. And it's actually making, like, like like you're strumming a guitar. Like, it's right, actually right. making those, like, it, that that's not the noises it would make by just bashing it into the wall. <laughs> well, he was fret. He was holding the fret down as he was, he had a G chord. <laughs> yeah. G chord. It was the G chord. It's the joke. Yeah, I do feel like this movie's missing um, the mystery machine because sure. we really only get it at the beginning. I feel like that would have been a fun like if they could have somehow gotten that at the end yeah. and use that as like a big like big third act sure. beat. They're they're standing there and then like Scooby runs away and they're all being cornered. It's like you just hear the engine revving and you yeah. turn and then like the lights come on and then it's about a twenty minute scene and it's like oh it's the mystery machine. And then there's a long, he's driving and he's driving and then Scooby's chasing Scrappy and Scrappy's in his car. And it's like an episode of Wacky Racers, but at night. And then Scooby, like we all think Scooby's crashed and then Scrappy goes, I got you. I got you. And there's a long <laughs> take that's upside down of Scooby walking over to the car. Yes. Yeah, like that one in the Batman. Yes. What if Colin Farrell was Scrappy do? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think that begs the the even greater question. What if Robert Pattinson was Scooby-Doo? What if in the next movie, Scrappy-Doo is the bad guy in the Batman? I I have to say there was a teaser for this movie that I remember being on some VHS tape that I had. And it's built like a Batman movie. Like it's, oh, wow. it's basically going through what is seemingly Wayne Manor. And it's like, oh... And the cover of night, he oh, watches yeah. over us all or whatever. And it gets to the end and there's like blowing curtains in the breeze or yeah. whatever. And you see the outline of the ears and it looks like Batman. And then it like pans around and it's Scooby-Doo. Shh, I think I remember that He's actually. He's like, oh, did you mean me? I think I do remember that. <laughs> Scooper. I remember stuff about when this movie came out. It's very weird. You're, well, you know, <laughs> kids are sponges at that age. The littles, they're just ready for, they're hungry for new information. And we keep giving them screen time. You know, when I came out of my ashram, I went up to my child. His name is 
Brayden. Scrappy Doo. <laughs> Scrappy Doo. Scrappy Brayden Doo. <laughs> <laughs> and I sent him right back to his German immersion school. Um, and that's that's how it yeah, happened. Parenting. That's what parenting. <laughs> Gracious. Yeah. Um. Well, sorry. Go ahead. Okay, so I know Sugar Ray, obviously. Oh, and we've got the two big. kind of rock versions of the Scooby-Doo yeah. theme or whatever. This movie was like Suicide Squad in terms of just non-stop songs. Yeah. But, like, they weren't, like, the most popular songs. And they weren't even, they, like, they were just smoothly integrated. Like, the beginning of every scene was, like, just throw one in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw another yeah. one in. And another. A shadow <laughs> man in Reno. What are we going to do, Shaggy? <laughs> <laughs> don't they do they play good vibrations at some point or am i thinking of a of a tv show i watched i'm pretty sure you're thinking of a I tv show you watched i'm thinking of a tv show i watched or you're thinking of my favorite movie vanilla sky maybe Either maybe one. i am thinking of it i didn't watch Vanilla. that's not my recommendation this week sorry alex I'm sorry if you're if you're looking for an acid trip, uh, maybe watch Vanilla Sky, not uh, the 2002 <laughs> Scooby Doo, <laughs> or watch one right after the other. They make surprisingly effective companion pieces. Rex support, Rex support. I was gonna say you'll need tech support after you watch Hey-o. the 2002 Scooby Doo. Come on, man! Like Aubrey Susos over here. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get a deep fake on Vanilla Sky, but it is Matthew Lillard's sco- or, uh, Shaggy over Tom Cruise? Over Cameron Diaz? <laughs> you don't know. That would be so much worse. Talking about all the stuff he's done for him. <laughs> um, that movie is not family friendly. No. Um, uh, definitely watch with a parental figure. <laughs> <laughs> I like that the... <laughs> It's like, I gotta have my dad with me to watch Vanilla Sky. <laughs> so Tyler, remember that when your beautiful child one day is starting to get curious about movies, remember to be in the room when you show him Vanilla Sky. <laughs> mm. <laughs> this all makes perfect sense to me. I don't know what what you're you're implying here. <laughs> I th- so did you have to have a chaperone to the movie? <laughs> Oh, that's so good. Uh, do we have anything else to say about uh, Scoopert Doolittle? Fully adieu? No, I don't think. I don't know what else there is to say about this picture. Uh, fine. Do we want to talk about that now? I just, listen. Todd came into my house. <laughs> I'm sure the internet knows about this, but Todd, the, the, the Joker sequel is starting to get some momentum. Uh, the subtitles apparently "folie à deux," which can only mean good things. The latest rumor is that it is to be a musical, and Lady Gaga is in talks to play Harley Quinn. Am I correct in this, Alex? Uh, that that is that is all we know right That's now. All, as of this recording, right now, we, this could change at any moment. He, this, it's you come into my house. <laughs> you make a musical. I was gonna say now. Now you are you are ethically obligated to watch it and review it for this podcast. I still haven't seen Dear Evan Hansen, man. I can I can skip Jury Duty. They don't, they no, don't call but, my but, number. But it's a franchise now, and we've done the first. We did. One. We did do the first one. We're all three going to watch it together. I'm not seeing this movie alone. 
Oh, that's you saw fun. how triggered oh. the last one made me, like genuinely in terms of my <laughs> mental health. Look, look, Britain. I I will preemptively. I will I will go ahead and get a cast on my hand because <laughs> if you hold it while watching that movie, you'll break that's it. That's true. Do you guys think, <laughs> like in The Departed? Um, <laughs> do you? Th- Here's how I will accept a musical version. If I, what I feel like it's probably going to end up being is just like he's trying to be like Chicago. You know, he's going to imagine dance sequences in like a nightclub kind of thing um but it's probably all going to be like pre-published music right i don't i can't imagine there'll be an original score they're not going to pull flaherty and orens out of whatever they're doing it's just a star is born but it's joaquin phoenix (laughs) (laughs) hey hey (laughs) (laughs) can he sing have we he did has he been in a role where he has to sing Oh yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. yeah I'm done. But, it, but I mean, yeah. which I mean that, and it's not an insult, but like, I that's not going to be a test of your singing ability the way that playing like Elton John would. Sure. So maybe, he, but also like, I don't know. Peter Dinklage isn't a great singer. He sounded great in a Cyrano. I don't want the National to yeah. do the songs for this movie. That's the thing is like, if they get someone I really like to do the songs, that's gonna make me angry, but also like, well, maybe it'll work out. All right, all right, Billy Joel, <laughs> come out of retirement. You're you're you got you got one last ride in you. I hope that it's like what happened to you? What's his name? What's Joe Arthur Fleck? Arthur Fleck. Okay. Yes. Arthur, how did you get like this? Well, <laughs> Mama sad, lots of baths. <laughs> Look. No one never my my comedian who can't get laughs. My favorite Billy Joel song is I go to extremes. Okay. I think Okay. There's something there. I think my beginning, my fledgling version of We Didn't Start the Joker is a pretty good. It's it's right it's all there. Zazie beats all here. in my mind. A new girlfriend. I Tyler, Tyler, we've already given too much away about this movie. You have to like cut the podcast off. We 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 can't be allowed to say these things. <laughs> we know too much. They're coming after us now. Yeah. Um. I just like. We know we know Lady Gaga can sing. We know she's a great singer. Right. Maybe it'll just be her music. And she'll sing Alejandro, my favorite Lady Gaga song. Fair. <laughs> Man, just smoke your cigarette and hush is probably something somebody has said to Joaquin Phoenix. I kind of hope that that's like how the movie ends. <laughs> like all the, all this pomp and circumstance is just going on in his head. Yeah. And at the end, it's just Lady Gaga turns out like she was ne- she wasn't crazy or anything right. she's just like a normal nurse at yeah. <laughs> at Arkham and she's like smoke your cigarette, cigarette and just hush um and then that leads and then hush walks in and he's like that's right it's part of the Pattinson thing now <laughs> he's like Robert Pattinson needs us <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to recruit you for the Robert initiative um <laughs> yeah I mean whatever obviously I don't know how it's going to we don't know I just this this movie already sounds off the rails, um, but hey, what do I know? I the the French subtitle is what really kind of concerns me because on the one hand I'm like, okay, so at least you're trying to be like we're we're trying to keep in theme with what the first one was intended. Sure, to be. sure, sure. In terms, and of I think this it's like a working title thing anyway. Like whatever. Yeah, it's like an off-the-beaten-path. We're, we're doing something different than what you would expect from a comic book adaptation. Yeah, I get you. Sure. But at the same time, it sounds very, 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 very pretentious. Yeah. 
Which is what the first one ultimately was, even though I like that movie quite a bit. It it, it is quite a bit pretentious, I feel. Uh, it, it just, it sounds like self-parody without the awareness. Yes. So. And pairing that with a black and white photo of Joaquin Phoenix yeah. smoking a cigarette while reading the script is not a good look. Yeah. I think, yeah. That's a, we're laughing at you, not with you. Right. <laughs> but hey, I could be eating crow. You never know. Britain, what what is your grade? I think we've held the audience hostage yeah. long enough. What what is your what is your grade for my favorite movie of two thousand two, <laughs> Melvin Dew? I this is a tough one. This is a really tough because I feel weird putting it on the same level as Secrets of Dumbledore. Sure. What with a D minus, I'm not going higher than that. I mean, pros and cons. I, I yeah, I, I, see it. I mean. But also, like, what? How is it not an <laughs> F? Right? Like, I, I I would say that Matthew Lillard and Linda Cardellini keep it yeah, from being F territory. Yeah. Do you make these grades in pen or pencil? Pen. But I I do scratch them out and, and yeah. But I don't want that's on, a, so. come on. I, I don't want you to feel like Arthur Fleck over here. <laughs> um, scratching things out. Every every time I have to scratch something out, I realize that my life isn't a tragedy. <laughs> it's a comedy. You, you're always handing cards to people that say, please pardon me. My name I have a medical condition. My name is Melvin Dew. <laughs> no, no, please pardon me. I have a horrible laughing condition. Anytime anyone says Melvin Dew, <laughs> I don't stop. Melvin Dew, what? Do you know what you're do you know what you're grading it? I think I'm gonna give it a D plus. Okay. Okay. Whoa. And that that's a mix of I mean, honestly, that's a mix of three elements. Number one, color palette. Yeah. I like yeah. that. That actually went a long way for me. Number two, Linda Cardellini, Matthew Lillard, and Sarah Michelle yeah. Gellar to a degree Champion. as well. Um, Rowan Atkinson's not n- enough of the movie to really kind of... To be, either save or hurt it. Yeah, he's there. Yeah. Um, and then three, the Melvin Dew joke. Like, legitimately, that is, <laughs> that is pretty good. <laughs> Um, yeah. So I'm gonna go D plus. I'm gonna go D minus. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. Secret of Secrets of Dumbledore. <laughs> yeah. The secrets of Dumbledore. No. The secrets of Melvin Dumbledore. <laughs> <laughs> a war with a war with the Muggles. Dumbledore, you're here. <laughs> Well, Dumbledore and Scrapplewald were. They're they're listing off Dumbledore's like full name, where it's like Albus, Percival, Wilfred, Brian, Melvin, Dumbledore. (laughs) They never. They don't. They they break canon in this, where Scrappy isn't Scooby's nephew. Do they say that? I I don't think they. I mean, they qualify their relationship, but he never says Uncle Scoob. Isn't that a thing? Isn't he his nephew? Am I, th- I think so. Well, do they? Am I thinking of- they might actually make a joke about that. Do, oh. Don't doesn't somebody joke and say, "Oh, you're adopted" or something like that? Oh, maybe. I think I was mostly like shaking my head, going "go go go going" during Scrappy Doo's <laughs> appearance because I was like, "There's no way this is real." My eyes had bugged Look, out and I were pressing it back into my face. You you were just impressed that they they actually said Hong Kong food. <laughs> Honestly, I was like, "Okay, all right, I recognize <laughs> that reference." Therefore, it's great. Look, I, I was just like, it upset me to no end that they didn't mention Secret Squirrel. Like that, I, really okay? Would have Secret Squirrel owned. 
That was great. I see. Yeah. Morocco Mole. What a great character. Like Secret Squirrel would have really pulled the movie. If yeah. Secret Squirrel came in with with the mystery machine at the end of the movie to save the day, then yeah. I'm I'm not saying a territory. Solid B minus. <laughs> Man, that was a great show with the uh, Morocco Mole and all their friends. <laughs> who are they, who else is on that show? Who are their characters? I'm looking up. Oh, I can't remember. Do you have a recommendation while the to talk about what uh, while I look up Secret <laughs> Squirrel characters? Uh, sure. I've got, I've got a recommendation. Uh, I finished Under the Banner of Heaven. Um, definitely a, a stark contrast to Scooby-Doo because it's kind of a depressing nightmare of a show, but it's really, really good. Um, Andrew Garfield's absolutely wonderful. Um, if you like True Detective or anything like that, uh, I think, uh, you probably get a huge kick out of this. Um, definitely very heavy on the cynicism against um organized religion but mormonism uh in general so i just kind of want to throw that out there Uh, you might get like halfway through the show and be like no this isn't for me um i I think uh should be able to determine pretty quickly if it's your your type of show um but yeah i I liked it quite a bit um and the reason i say the halfway point is because once i got you know for the first few episodes i was like okay this is pretty good i you know it's not it's not blowing my mind or anything but it's really good and then once the twist started happening, I started really getting into uh, kind of what's going on. I, I became like super hooked. I, I binged it fairly quickly. Okay. Um, so yeah, I definitely. I think it's it's either seven or eight episodes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely recommend it. Very, very, very. Strong. Yeah, I've been excited to. I'm going to check that out at at, at some point. Um, and I'll get there. The only other like major character that I saw there was a, a water buffalo named Chief, and a, a lady squirrel named Penny. On Secret Squirrel. So there are those great characters. Uh, I'm going to recommend a movie I rewatched. This is not a recommendation. This is a an actual recommendation. And I'm going to recommend The Birdcage. This is a delightful movie from 1996, uh, directed by Mike Nichols, written by Elaine May. It was adapted from a... I, I don't know, because it shares the same source material as the musical La Cage aux Folles. And I do not know if it's a book or a play or a movie or what that they're both based on, but they're both based on it. Um, it is a wonderful, wonderful movie. It is, uh, the, the story basically is that this uh, gay couple runs a drag club in South beach, Florida. And one of them, their son, um, is getting married and he's getting married to the daughter of this very conservative U S Senator. And it, it kind of turns into this like, we we've got a the the senator and his wife are coming to dinner. Whoa, um, kind of a, a situation and like how do how do we pull off you know not letting them know who we are and will 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 they let them know who they really are etc. Um, the cast is absolutely broken. The couple is played by Robin Williams and Nathan Lane, um, both of whom are astonishing. Uh, Nathan Lane, I forget. I can forget sometimes how extremely funny he can be. And I like when Nathan Lane is funny to me, I think he might be one of the funniest people out there for me. He is, he's so good in this movie. Um, he gets to like sing a little bit and he, his character, uh, uh, Albert is also the, the headliner at the club. And so he gets to perform and be, he's so melodramatic and it's, he's just a, it's a beautiful performance. He's so funny. There's a whole sequence where he's trying to learn how to walk, uh, in a more sort of masculine way. That's just brilliant. I um, mean, Robin Williams, like forget about it. He's such a, 
He was such a warm, sweet, dramatic actor, and it really plays. And it's a performance that doesn't feel dated. He's not leaning on stereotypes. He's not, like, lisping and everything. Um, it's just it's a very tender, still very, very funny performance. And, like, I love Robin Williams as a comedian, but I love him as an act, as a dramatic actor. And it's he's just brilliant, brilliant in it. Um, and then they have a, a housemaid, houseboy played by Hank Azaria in a definitely dated performance where he is a straight white man playing a gay Guatemalan man, uh, doing an accent, you know, really playing it up. I was going to say, is that better or worse than his roles in either Godzilla or, uh, night at the museum battle? Sure. I I would say it's better in that it is, he's really funny in it. I think it's really funny. It's worse in that it's inappropriate. You know what I mean? Like that, he wouldn't have been cast in that part today, but you know that. So, so at least it made you laugh. Yeah. So, so to have the, it was made in '96. Like, there's the caveat. But otherwise, like the senator and his wife were played by Gene Hackman and Diane Weist. Gene Hackman's hysterical in it. Diane Weist is just one of the great American actors. And then uh, the children who are getting married are Dan Futterman, who is now a very accomplished screenwriter. I think he wrote Capote. Very like accomplished writer. Oh, and I think Foxcatcher. And uh, Calista Flockhart from Alan McBeal, which I love. And she's great. Christine Baranski, probably some other folks. Um, it's on HBO Max, and I can't recommend it enough. Like, if you just want a a really smart comedy with its – the directing is really smooth. The dialogue is so sharp and genuinely brilliant. Um, and if you just want to, like, feel good and laugh at a, at a smart comedy, uh, definitely watch The Birdcage. It's – just fantastic and i think it's really accessible too it's not like if you haven't watched a lot of like queer cinema or something i mean it was made by straight people but like i don't think that's gonna like hold you I, the the movie is very like come on in we're doing a comedy sure it's a actually alex i think you would get a kick out of it it's a it's a great time the bird cage it's a real melvin do of it's a, a movie. real melvin do of a movie <laughs> and i mean that's high praise i mean <laughs> no yeah it's, it's it's such a good time so definitely if scooby-doo didn't make you laugh and you need a laugh after under the banner of heaven head on over to the birdcage they'll take care I, of you i think i i do legitimately need a laugh after that. man no really I was, while i was watching i was like oh, i'm totally gonna recommend this and like i i, I there are some jokes and i'm like oh i think i could get a kick out of that one yeah so yeah movies and tv yep so, uh, and next week, yeah. uh, y'all are doing Scooby-Doo 2, mm-hmm. uh, back in action Scooby-Doo, or whatever Scooby- the movie's called. Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed. Yeah. Hey, Scooby-Doo how- 2, Live and Let yeah, Die. How's- <laughs> <laughs> Live and Let Do, please. <laughs> um, how's it going to feel while you're just like sitting on your ivory tower while me and Tyler, you, you get to look down at the, at the surfs in the muck. You know, all the all all the the film critics and and audiences are gonna look up and shout <laughs> "Save us!" and I'm gonna whisper "No." Yeah, Alex will be running around yelling that he's on vacation, but gleefully, as opposed to Bruce Willis in the Die Hard thing, just running around going, "I don't have to watch Monsters Unleashed." I I, I mean, I'll still be running over people in traffic, but it won't be a whole. It yeah. won't be like a I'm trying to get to my son and stop the bad guy situation. Right. It'll just be I'm trying to get lunch. <laughs> just. I just really want a taco today. <laughs> yeah, but in a way, I guess it feels strong. That you're like, I watch it. I don't have to watch the next one. I'm just free. 
I mean, to be fair, I think Seth Green's in the next one. Yeah, I so. think he is. I think he is. I, f- I feel a little bad missing him. <laughs> but you, know. you want to see? It is you want to see is. your favorite uh, werewolf? I think from Buffy. I can't remember what he was on that show. Oh, was he not just a dude? I he might. Know. I think there was something else going on with him, but I can't. Remember. I never. I didn't watch that much of the show. I think he was a werewolf. Was Was he not just a Scooby dude? That show they call themselves the Scooby Gang. So that makes sense. Layers, layers. That makes me wonder, like, because Sarah Michelle Gellar as Daphne, especially with this version, like, that makes so much sense. Like, I wonder, that almost comes off to me as, like, she would have been the first person that they picked. I think he, (laughs) for the cast. Gosnell wanted a real couple to play, uh, to play Daphne and Fred. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And I guess, I mean. Yes, because this movie is built so much on their chemistry. Yeah, exactly. And like, I mean, admittedly, Miguel, Sarah Michelle Gellar would have been the biggest name in, well, I guess Prince would have, actually, no, they, because they had both been in like a bunch of teen comedies and stuff, Lillard as well, having done Scream and some other stuff. Yeah. Cruel Intentions for Gellar and whatnot, but like, she had a hit show, so like, she might have been the biggest name at the time. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Well, thank you guys for listening to Scooby Dudes. Um, oh God, I always get this part wrong. If you want to find the next episode of this podcast, you can find it at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. At we're on Twitter at h at oh Alex, do you know what it is? At h h c t sequels. H c t sequels. You can email us at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. Send us pictures of crab legs, Shrek memes, Scooby memes, Scrappy memes, or letters, and we'll read them on the podcast. Um, Send us Scooby snacks. Yeah. Send us uh, whatever whatever your interpretation of Scooby Snacks may be. Send us a comforting poem. And we I do are think all- I, I, I do think at some point they actually sold Scooby Snacks like at the I store, so. but they were just like graham crackers no, totally. or something yeah. shaped like Scooby Snacks. Probably. Send yeah. us those. I'll have some. And I didn't turn into yeah. a rocket or anything when I ate one. Uh, and we're on <laughs> we're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and if you if you can find a podcast player, you can find us. Um, until next week, everyone, I've been Britain. And I've been Alex, and we're, we're the Scooby Dudes. <laughs> Bye. Jinkies.